9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Big stories yesterday, big retirements or separations, if you will. Nick Saban, 17 seasons, six championships at Alabama, deciding to call it quits yesterday. Also, this morning, in about an hour, we're expecting the divorce of Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. Where do you think Belichick goes to? Is it a team that's currently looking for a coach, or is it a team, as you mentioned, Buckeye, that uh, they haven't got rid of their coach yet because they're going to win? Because they still need him this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, I'm... I'm trying to think of those in the playoffs that that would be in the market for a coach like Pittsburgh. Belichick in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I just it doesn't, doesn't feel doesn't like feel. A fit. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I jokingly referenced the the return to Cleveland mm-hmm. to right the wrongs of a poor tenure as the Browns head coach. Kevin Stefanski's got to go in there. I'm just that was. It's purely yeah. a joke on my part. He's got a franchise quarterback, and he's also got Deshaun yeah. Washington. Um, let's, let's go through it a little bit, shall okay. we? So, Browns, no. Yeah, Stavansky's safe. Houston, D'Amico Ryan's no. Safe. Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, no. Pretty safe. Chiefs of Andy Reid calls it quits. If they lose and he retires. Uh, maybe? Well, those are two separate. If they lose, he might retire, I should say. He might. Andy Reid's Hall of Famer. Oh, he's That's walking a, in first he's, eligibility. He's, yeah. he's in. So Chiefs, only if Andy Reid decides to retire. Mm-hmm. Even if they, they, they lose and he comes back, it's no, he's, he's but good. that's out there as a possible. It's a possible. Mm-hmm. Put it, of, of the games from Saturday, that's, that's the only the one. one that might be a possibility if Andy Reid calls it quits. Agreed. Sunday. Steelers, like we said, doesn't feel like a fit. But it could be an opening. But it could be if they decide to mm-hmm. walk from Mike Tomlin. Buffalo. Sean McDermott's righted the ship. But, but if they lose again and underperform in the playoffs again, the Pagulas, the Pagulas might go. Might let's, make that move. Let's, let's make a move here. So, Bills, possible. Bottom of the list, probably. Yeah, possibility. Packers. I think Matt is fine. I think he's safe there. McCarthy, that's a possibility if they lose and they lose that game, he not he may not make it to the podium. Because could Jera could he resist the possibility of Belichick? I don't think so. First, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame coach who, if he goes to Dallas, could end up being the winningest coach all time while he's the Cowboys head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jera, that that could be. While there could be some relationship. Difficult patches potentially moving Jared, forward. Jared Jones could fire both Tom Landry and Bill Belichick. It's a possibility. <laughs> but I could see I could see Jerry going, you know, having we need Bill here. Somebody that's a leader. You know, having Bill here with his track record of success. It's just the kind of hand in glove fit we're looking for here with the Cowboys. And get us a Super Bowl again. And he could be the winningest coach. In the history of the National Football League while coaching the Cowboys. To the promised land. There's part of me that 
that sees that. It's warming up, huh? First, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Those yeah. two guys, that could be oil and water, but there could also be the temptation of the part of, mm-hmm. though. Bill Belichick's obviously but then, water, right? But, but then here's the thing, yeah. But here's the thing. Will Jerry be okay with a coach that will kind of overshadow him? Because Belichick will overshadow him. Because every coach he's had, even I mean, Parcells kind of tried to... He'd be, this would be the closest to Parcells and a guy like Belichick. I, I don't that, know. But that relationship lasted for a while. Yeah. So they, there is a headstrong guy, mm-hmm. coach. I mean, Belichick and Parcells cut from the same cloth. And I that that's even if Jerry is self-aware enough to know he's being overshadowed. Yeah. Which I don't know. But I do think the... But Jerry could also say... I was the guy smart enough to bring in mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. That I was the guy that made it happen. Fits his ego. Yeah. So I could I could the more the more yeah. I look at it and give it some some mm-hmm. thought, I could see that happening. And the ever brightening light at the end of his tunnel probably makes him more willing to put up with this. Yeah. No offense to. So okay, so we've got Chiefs if Reed retires. Mm-hmm. Steelers possibly Possible. Bills maybe. Packers, no. Cowboys? Does Cowboys move to maybe the top of the list here? If they lose, it's... Yeah. yeah. Then you got the Rams. Jerry at, may still yeah. have blood on his hands walking <laughs> to the podium. He might. You got Rams at Lions. Sean McVay's staying there, so at least at the moment, it seems like he's still there. Dan Campbell. Yeah. Dan, Dan Campbell's, Campbell's fine. Dan Campbell's... They're not going to make a move. They don't even need to go to the Super Bowl. They win Sunday. That guy eats for life in Detroit. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, no doubt about it. Endless supply of kneecaps. Eagles add Bucks. Sirianni, the, the little bit of the luster's gone off with how they played here at the end of the season. This could eventually see both coaches gone. More so than Steelers-Bills, I think. Yeah, Todd Bowles definitely, you could see if, if they lose. You could see the Glazier family going, hey, Bill Belichick here. We got Brady. Mm-hmm. He got us a Super Bowl. What, a, what about the guy that coached him? Maybe he could get us to a Super Bowl and win one. Win one. That's I could see that happening. And Todd Bowles kind of, it's underwhelming, but you also got to look like they got an AARP card-carrying quarterback division championship. Yeah. And 80-some-odd million dollars of dead cap money and Baker Mayfield and got a division title. Yeah. So. I mean, Todd Bowles might be done dirty when we look back on it and be like, mm. you give that guy a shot with some salary cap space and a franchise quarterback, he might be able to do something there. That's the one for me I don't know if Bill takes. Yeah. Because then it's, I ah, following Tom, huh? Yeah, see, well, if you're trying to just do what Tom did, yeah. go, go to Tampa Bay, win a Super Bowl. And I know he doesn't follow the My Face and Twitch book <laughs> and all that. <laughs> He knows that's going to be Base barn. He's smart enough to know that. Yeah, that's one that, because of that, that might that might factor in there where he goes, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't want anybody to say I'm copying what what Brady did. Yeah. Okay, so those are the ones that. Then he's got to do a podcast playoffs. with Larry Fitzgerald, and it's all really weird. What about the teams that are looking for a coach right now? Because the odds right now have the Chargers as the favorite for Bill Belichick. See, and I've heard Bill, and I, I, it's not like somebody's telling me this. Like Chris Sims said this. I think it was Chris Sims. No, it was on Dan Patrick yesterday. It may have been 
Albert Breer. Bill kind of wants to stay on the East Coast. Okay. So that would be... Washington, Carolina. Yeah. I just... I don't think he's going to Carolina. Is David Tepper going to just say, okay, you're Bill Belichick. You're the smartest guy to ever coach. It's your baby. I'm staying out of your way. I can't see David Tepper doing that. Can't see that guy staying out of his way. Washington's going to be a process. Does he want to sign up for trying to rehab the franchise in the market, trying to push through a stadium deal, trying to get out of whatever cap mess they might be in, you know, they'll try to figure out the name of the franchise. Does he want to put up with all that? He's not going to have anything to do with most of it, but it's going to be asked of him. Does he want to put up with all that junk? Would Atlanta be East Coast-ish enough? Savannah's on the coast. Uh... They're more ready to win now than the other two, I think. Because if you're Bill Belichick, that, that's going to be part of this because you have to start evaluating. Mm-hmm. You're, you're 72. You're not going to be doing this for probably more than maybe two, three more years at the, at the, at the most. You're in a very winnable division. Very winnable. Arthur Blank, guest well, of this program. Well healed. Uh, been on this program once. Yes. Thanks, Droz. Once... Once a guy that it feels like he can kind of turn it over to. He doesn't ever feel like he's meddling. That he, he truly really, wants, he wants the seasoned mm-hmm. veteran adult in the room. And he's really focused on the new U.S. soccer complex in Atlanta right now. That's neither here nor there, but that feels like maybe the best situation. Because he's got money. The Spanos has owned the Chargers, but don't really have money, really. From what I've, everything I've been able to gather is they're not, they have the NFL money, but they don't have independent money. Like Arthur Blank owns Home Depot. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's okay. Especially what we had to pay for wood there when we (laughs) built our deck. So he's doing fine. You know, Jerry Jones is not short on cash. Josh Harris is not short on cash. But the Chargers one for me is like, Bill's not going to walk in there at coach's minimum, you know, like maybe $250,000 and I'll coach your team. They're kind of a mess a little bit, both organizationally and reputationally. They're, they're super soft. They're all often injured. They can't seem to get out of their own way. Does he want to have to try to turn around a team? Or do you go to a legacy team with a quarterback playing some of the best football he's ever played with an owner that's got the money and Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. And you go to a historic franchise desperate to win it, to win a Super Bowl for the first time in a very long time that they feel like they're on the cusp of that. The talent's there. Mm-hmm. And Bill Belichick with what he can maybe do on the defensive side, that that's just the, that's just the little bump that they need to get them to where they can win a Super Bowl. Dallas feels like the more you the more you look at Dallas, mm-hmm. the more it feels like that's a really good fit for Jerry Jones and for Bill Belichick. Yeah. Now, but here's the thing. What, okay, what happens if McCarthy takes him to the Super Bowl and they win? 
then it's it's a moot point at that point. Then do you, I mean, yeah, then McCarthy's probably fine. But Dallas has, Dallas is Dallas. They will find a way to lose in the playoffs. It's going to happen. You want my tinfoil hat? You had yours on earlier. Sure. Jerry Jones is going to fire Mike McCarthy either way. I can see him doing that where it's. Got it. Now I'm going to set it up for the future. You're gone, Mike. Yeah. And that would. And, and hand it off to Steven and yeah. hire a new coach. Yeah. And then that, but that wouldn't be Belichick, though, I don't think. Cause I, think you I want, don't think that would be, no. But. You want young, young, you know, the younger Jones mm-hmm. and a young head coach for the next great chapter, blah, blah, blah. I the can Dallas see Cowboys. the last Cowboy game this year being Mike McCarthy's last as their head coach. Either way, win or lose, yeah. you know, getting jobbed by the officials in a game you should win winning the super bowl doesn't matter i think that's going to be the last game he coaches is the cowboys coach you know what we haven't talked about the raiders and the raiders are kind of like the the chargers situation because mark davis is not not one of the the most uh, flush owners in the league Mm -hmm. and they can get antonio pierce to stay there on the cheap players love him right now but there's that going to be that thing. It's part of being Al's kid. Yeah. That there's going to be the temptation of what if we get what if we get Belichick here? What if Belichick comes here, turns it around, and he's the winningest coach in NFL history? Well, he's the coach of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. The commitment to excellence. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And he just we we got to find a way to make this happen. That's that's a dark horse, I think, because yeah. because of the. Winning as coach in the NFL is going to do it as a Raider and how much that is going to just bother 345 Park Avenue, the league home office. Oh, it's just a big... Roger Goodell will lose his mind. Uncle Al would be smiling wherever Uncle Al is. Mm -hmm. That Belichick would come there, become the winningest coach, Mm -hmm. and do it with the Raiders organization. Uncle Al, Art Modell, Lucifer, all in the same room. (laughs) Which team needs Belichick the most? Chargers. No, needs the most, probably the Commanders. The Commanders and the Chargers, I'd say 1A, 1B. Yeah. They're they're both struggling franchises that that need an influx of of, of, of a winning mentality, Mm -hmm. a guy that's been there, won six Super Bowls. Need a hand on the wheel that knows what he's doing. They both feel like they're, to me... In the, in the same boat, mm-hmm. and everybody else, it's like they Belichick would be would be great, but it's right. not like they're like the, like the Falcons. I think will be okay whoever they hire. You would you would think they probably Plus could use Shano again. Yeah, I, maybe they're maybe they're behind. Maybe they're like right behind Carolina. I just don't Carolina don't know how to evaluate them because David Tepper makes it so difficult to right. go. I mean, Belichick would make a lot of sense there. Because they got they got defensive pieces with Brian Burns in that group, third best defense at Giro Vero, mm-hmm. which could those Vero stay there? Could they? Their offense is a mess. Could they coexist and just a, such a disaster? Their offense is such a mess. I don't know. I don't know the first thing they need. They need so many things. They need offensive line help. They need probably a taller quarterback, or at least a bigger quarterback. They need couple of wide receivers, a couple of running backs, a couple of tight ends, seven or eight good offensive linemen. They need so much there that it's just hard to figure out where he helps them the most. 
the ones that I think need him because they're closer to kind of turning the corner, getting over the hump, are the commanders because everything's got the new car smell still, right? They can take all this time. They got a couple of years to where Josh Harris can rehab the franchise without necessarily winning, but at least bring respect back to the logo a little bit. A little bit like what the what Washington did when they hired Vince Lombardi. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Where he came in and tried to kind of restore a, a, a struggling franchise, a beleaguered franchise after mm-hmm. his time with the Packers. Here's, yeah. the, here's the last one we haven't even talked about. What if he steps to the podium today and says, I'm done? That's, that's still a possibility, too. That's like, I've won six Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. My legacy is... I'm, Okay, to Seattle. Good boating up there. Yeah. Maybe maybe the feeling he'll have is being the winningest coach all time doesn't doesn't mean that much. Mm-hmm. He's already going to go in first ballot Hall of Famer. It's almost as if how much does that record mean to him? Does to surpass Shula? Because that because everything else he's he's won six Super Bowls. He uh, I I guess if you're trying to be like Brady and Hey, I I went and did it someplace else, mm-hmm. which he also could have done it. You know, if he if he if they would have had the right pieces together, if he does it in New England, it's like, well, see, he told you so. I didn't even have to go anyplace else, and I just replaced you. And Mac Jones was great, and we yeah. we won a Super Bowl. Well, that didn't happen. It almost comes down to now for him at the age of seventy-two. How bad do you want that record? I touched on it the other day, and I, I we didn't have a ton of time for me to expand on it, but I I agree with you. This is a distinct possibility because I said I had a sneaking suspicion that if it's not the Patriots, it's nobody. There's a lot of suitors out there for him, and there's a lot, couple of places that are pretty good fits. I think retirement is one of those, and here's a couple of reasons why. He doesn't strike me as Jordan, LeBron, those type of players where I'm going to take down all the records, I want to be the best at everything all the time at the res- at the expense of being seen as a good teammate, good person, good coach, good executive. I don't care about any of that. I want to be at the top of every single list ever. That's kind of a Jordan thing. Yeah. For me, I think Bill respects the history and the legacy of the game so much. He may not want to pass Shula. He may just out of respect to Shula say, be like, done. You know, Don Shula may be the greatest coach in his mind, and he doesn't feel he's worthy of that. And he says, I'm done. It wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Altitude's Kyle Keefe will join us next on The Jim Davis Show. They're a lot of fun. Oh. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. They're what? On Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Avalanche with Altitude Sports on the Jim Davis Show. And joining us right now, he's the studio host of Avalanche Hockey. Kyle Keefe joins us. Kyle, appreciate the time. Great to have you back with us. It's uh, been a day or two. Yeah. uh, Good morning, guys. Uh, Always better after a win. Always, yeah. Yeah, it's always a good day. (laughs) Especially after taking down the Vegas Golden Knights. 3-0 win last night for the Avalanche. Uh, the choo-choo train just keeps uh, chugging along. Valeri Nachushkin, a uh, couple power play goals last night. He's now tied uh, Nathan McKinnon for the most goals for the Avalanche with 22 on the season. Uh, after everything that happened in Seattle last year in the playoffs, uh, you know, and then that debacle, and then you know, it seemed like the, the birth of his daughter has definitely changed the trajectory of Valeri Nachushkin and his play on the ice. 
Yeah, I mean, if you go back to the, the beginning of the regular season, obviously he had to come out and address the media and, uh, you know, face the music and answer questions and deal with that and got off to a slow start, uh, had one goal in his first nine games, and it was like, hmm. Um, since then, you know, he leads the National Hockey League in goals. So, I mean, you can go back and look at the schedule, and there's not a, a player in the league that has more uh, goals than Val Nachushkin. So uh, he's obviously found a rhythm. I think he, he deserves everything that he that he gets because he works his tail off. I mean, he may be our best penalty killer. Uh, he's most certainly the best forechecker on the team. Uh, he creates his own time and space. He's he got some magical hands. He's got great chemistry with Nate and Nico, and uh, he's a Swiss Army knife when it comes to you know what lines you can put him on. And I think the I think the most dangerous part of his game is yet to come because we're still waiting on Arturi Lekkinen, and he will change that second line. I think uh, the addition of Jonathan Druin has opened things up for Val. And now all of a sudden, if you can put Lekkonen on that second line and start to build something with Nachushkin and Ross Colton, or if it's Ryan Johansson, whoever's centering that line, it's, um, you know, he's been, he's been as good as advertised for the last couple of years. And, and obviously this year he's finding the back of the net uh, all the time. Altitude's Cal Keefe with us today on the Team Sports Network. Um, Nathan McKinnon is just <laughs> like Nachushkin having a sensational season. And, and Mac right now, if you, you look at uh, you know, a lot of the pundits out there, Kyle, that uh, a lot of people feel like he is the front runner for the Hart Trophy. I mean, there's a lot of other really worthy candidates, Connor McDavid, uh, Sam Reinhart, Nikita Kucherov. I mean, there's um, you know, Hughes has played well, Austin Matthews. There's a lot of guys that are contenders for it. But, uh, but certainly the way Nathan McKinnon has played, no doubt right now, he is clearly the front runner for the Hart. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, it's a different style, right? It's a different style than, say, a McDavid or a Nikita Kucherov or a David Pasternak. Like, it is it is angry hockey. Um, he is one of the most powerful uh, forwards in the game. And, and from, a, from the standpoint of just looking at him, you say, oh, well, you know, he's kind of uh, shorter in stature and, you know, he's, you know, he's all about finesse. If I'm six foot, 195 pounds, he's six foot, 190, and he would throw me through a wall. Um, he is, you know, his lower half of his body looks like a rhinoceros. I mean, he is full muscle, and he plays angry. And when when Nate gets into that physical mode, he's unstoppable because he is, uh, if not the most powerful skater in the game, he's certainly top two. Um, he just has a different level. I think he, he he deserves to be recognized, and I think Nate actually wants to win MVP. And it's not it's not that it's the accolade or the recognition. I think it's a, a personal thing where he believes that he's the best player in the game, and he's got the hardware under his belt with the Stanley Cup. Um, but there are other things to, to 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 prove to himself, not to the league or to the media or to his teammates, but Nate wants to be known as the best player. And, you know, he's got, I think he, you know, he's what a 23 home game point streak. It's the third longest in the history of the NHL to start a season only behind Bobby Orr, who's 25 games. And of course, Wayne Gretzky back in, you know, the day when they only had 80 regular season games, Wayne Gretzky had a point in every game at home the entire season. He had 40. 
Um, so I, this was within reach, certainly for, for Nate, but he's the kind of guy that you go there and you buy a ticket to watch. Uh, last night had a, another point, and, you know, he's uh, – we're lucky. I'm lucky to, to watch guys like Nate in, in the prime of his career. So uh, what he's doing, he's having fun doing it, and uh, he's just uh, – I mean, he's a freak of nature, and uh, we're lucky to have him in the Burgundy and Blue. Altitude's Kyle Keefe with us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Who's the player this year, Kyle, that maybe has had a surprisingly good season that has maybe exceeded your expectations? Well, that's a good question. I mean, just with a handful of games, I mean, I think people can can smile and look towards the future on Sam Malinsky. Um, there are times when I'm when I'm watching the game and I'm like, wow, that's a great shot by Kale. Well, it wasn't Kale. It was Sam Malinsky. I mean, he can dance on the blue line, uh, loves to shoot the puck, young, undrafted guy that is, uh, you know, he's he's got that sort of silk, silky smooth skating ability. He's tough. Um, like I said, he can shoot. He's easy to get along with. I think that, you know, with thinking about Gerard being down and Bo Byram kind of in and out of the lineup and Josh Manson, you've had guys like Caleb Jones and Sam Malinsky step up. And I think that it gives them more, certainly more depth. It gives them more options down the road when you're talking contracts and salary cap issues that he can step in and provide some serious fireworks on that blue line. So even though the numbers may not be there, I think he's got a couple of goals, but you can tell that this guy belongs in the league and certainly will will be in the league for, for many years to come and hopefully with the app. Kyle Keefe with Altitude TV joining us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Alexander Georgiev uh, getting the shutout last night against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. I know one of the concerns, Kyle, has been about goaltending, and at times it, uh, Georgiev has looked, uh, Georgie's looked brilliant, and other times maybe not so much. Maybe it's been times where the defense hasn't played that well in front of him. But uh, from an overall uh, position standpoint, there, there seems to be a sense with the some out there that follow this team and, and watch what the Avalanche uh, have on this roster that, that maybe goaltending, backup spot in particular, might be still a, a little bit of an area of weakness for the Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, he just leads the league and wins. Um, That's all he does. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's always going to be such a hyper focus on goaltending and unless your name is marty brodeur or patrick waugh or mark andre Fleury, that's going to be a, an area of concern there's teams out there like winnipeg with connor hellebuck and uh, olmark and swayman and that combination in boston and shesterkin in new york and you know these guys are the best goalies and these are the only ones that could win the stanley cup well don't forget about guys like cam talbot that revitalized their career in la and you know he gets on certain nights and there's no panic button in in LA so I think for Georgiev even though his save percentage and um, his goals against are not gonna you know you know blow you away or, or get his name in the newspaper on a morning or on a daily basis got 23 wins and last night he was perfect I mean he was perfect That's and I think right. Bednar said it best when he's like hey you know I don't think he's getting the attention that he deserves because we were figuring things out defensively there for a while, and there's been some odd man rushes and some, I mean, juicy scoring chances that, you know, the, the, the opposition found the back of the net on that aren't his fault. So if you've got a goalie on your team that leads the league 
in wins, he's doing something right. The team is very good. And he I don't think Georgiev's played his best hockey by any means. Uh, he's the kind of guy that loves to play, wants to play, would, would probably play 70 games if you let him. Um, as far as the backup and Ivan Prozatov, Look, there's 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 a handful of teams. I already mentioned Boston, and maybe there's um, you know a handful of others where they've got really really good backup goaltending. But in this league, where goalies are making anywhere from six to nine million dollars, you just can't afford it when you've got you know fifty million wrapped up in six players. I mean, you got to figure out ways to navigate the salary cap, and those teams that are paying high dollar money for for their goalies can't go out and get forwards that are as good or as talented. So it's a, it's a balancing act. And I think up to this point the you know, the wins speak for themselves that Georgiev is a hundred percent capable of uh, taking this deep, deep into the playoffs. Kyle Keith altitude TV joining us on the Jim Davis show trade deadline approaches. Is there any sort of relief maybe there on the table for the Avs to maybe find a guy that could Bell, or are they happy with Ivan Prosvetov enough to go with these guys, these two guys going forward and towards the playoffs? I think I think the answer is always looking on the other side. What's better? What can make our team better? Um, so you never want to take that off the table. Is Ivan Prosvetov? Could he step in? Certainly. Could they win a Stanley Cup with him? I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know how many teams out there that could say that. Um, you know, as far as you know, the sexiness of me coming on here and saying, they need to go get, you know, Elias Lindholm, you know, from Calgary, second line center. They need to go out and get this guy or that guy. That's what fans love to talk about. You know, we talk about, you dream about. The numbers sometimes just don't agree with you. So I think that one of the most impressive teams that I've seen this year, and maybe Avs fans are not going to like this, is the Dallas Stars. And the reason I say that is because they have 10, 11 guys with 20 points or more. That may not sound like a lot of points, but it says depth, right? It says this team is getting it from all four lines. And I think what wins Stanley Cups and what is proven with Tampa Bay winning back-to-back Cups, certainly Vegas last year, the Avs a couple years ago, is depth and health. And if you can roll three lines that are constantly scoring, it just wears down other teams. You're not... You're not playing your top line 26 minutes. You're playing them, you know, 20, 21 minutes, and your third and fourth line guys anywhere from 10 to 16. Um, so I would, I would think that if there's a, a move out there to add a mean, greasy type depth player, you know, you've seen the impact that Miles Wood has had on this team, Ross Colton, these guys that aren't afraid to go into the corners. If you can, when Lekkinen comes back, you've got Duran. Uh, Miko and Nate on that top line. You have Lekkinen, Ross Colton, or whoever at second line center and Nachushkin. You got two lines right there that are lethal. Your third line, if you can if you add a piece, Logan O'Connor, you, Miles Wood, you know, in your fourth line, you've got a veteran guy like Andrew Cogliano and Kibi Ranta, these guys that bang and go in and make it life miserable for uh, the, the other defensemen. You, you 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 know what you know what the recipe is to win Stanley Cup. Jared Bednar knows it. Of course, Joe Sackick knows it. So, don't be surprised if all these top teams—Boston, New York, Colorado, Vegas, Vancouver, LA—if if they're not looking for guys that go to the the greasy areas and win puck battles and dig out pucks and and forecheck hard. So, 
may, not everything is big name type stuff. You saw what happened with Claude Giroux a few years in years ago in in Florida. It didn't really pan out there. It's not always the guy that has forty goals. It's the best fit for every team. Altitude TV's Cal Keep with us today on the Team Sports Network. All right, we, we've saved the most controversial question and topic for the end. And that is the video that you did, the holiday video that you put out with all of your <laughs> altitude hockey avalanche cohorts that you were, you played all the of best. that. Because we have, because Connor McGay, he Kyle comes on the program every Wednesday when I remember to text him to, to remind him that we're going to talk with him. Uh, and and we, we brought this up because. My colleague, the Buckeye boy, mm-hmm. saw your video. And number one, I, I applaud you, sir. Academy Awards. I think there's a I think there's a nomination for you somewhere down the line for yeah. I don't Golden what, Globe at least. What, what do you what do you think? Uh Mosher. Well, it's Mosher, right? Mosher's the best one Mosher's that you do. Mosher's the closest to the whole absolutely. I do like John Michael Lyles a lot though, but I, I like the I like your one of the Moj. I think Moj because that Nirvana t shirt mm-hmm. that you wore, I have the exact same one. Did you get that at Target? Because that's where I got mine. <laughs> So. Yes, I did. I love that section to Target. My favorite. Uh, you can go buy a T-shirt for ten bucks and look awesome. Um, no, it's you know it's funny because you you live with these people, so you know their tendencies, their personalities. I'm sure you guys know it. You know everything about each other. If you live in a hotel and on a bus and on a plane and in around the rink, and you 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 learn about them. And each one of them is distinctly different. Connor, who you have on the show all the time is a straight arrow. I mean, he is, every morning he's going to grab his cup of coffee. He's, his hair's never screwed up. He's always in a tie and coat. And, you know, he's always very professional. And he'd like to talk to you about this. And he's very well-spoken. And, you know, all of this stuff. And then you've got Moj that literally eats breakfast at 7-Eleven. And it's like, dude, you're going to die any time this year if you keep eating like that. And Riker, everything is just, it's, it's bizarre and weird and, the things that come out of his mouth and Johnny Lyles is up in bail with all this money and living in a wine cave. And it's, it's a, it's a perfect setup for an SNL skit to sort of get everybody together and just create chaos. And it actually takes me a while to like write it and, and script it and to get in and out of those outfits. I mean, it's a three hour deal to do and you never know if it's going to be funny or if it's going to be what, but um, when you're when you're as truthful as, as you can be, I think fans that really watch Altitude and know these guys are like, oh my god, now that that's who he is, yeah. that's him, that's so that's fun to do. Yeah, yeah we, we, it we was, thought it was brilliant. It was by the way, yeah, we yeah. we laughed our heads out. We thought it was brilliant. Yeah, we we talked to Connor about it though, Kyle. He took exception though with your characterization <laughs> of him because he said, no, I'm not that obsessed with counting things. He says, I'm not, I'm not that obsessed with Kenny. Where does he get that I like to count everything all the time? And I think the thing that bothered him the most, though, and Buckeye, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. the glasses that you chose. A little he bit. Said, what are they? I don't wear Harry Carey yeah. glasses. He goes, I don't wear glasses <laughs> like that. He, he did seem to take some exception to the eyewear that you chose. Well, first of all, I can't read. So I have a 1,000 pairs of those glasses around the house, right? So I, you know, I didn't choose the 2.6, whatever they are, but they're black and that, that's the only pair I have that are black. And so I chose that. And as far as the numbers are concerned, you cannot get a word out of your mouth without Connor knowing the real answer. You could say, this kid from Matizzi State looks pretty good. Connor will go, 
that is correct. And back in 1997, he was born to two immigrants who came to the country and from Italy. And I mean, it's like it's a it's a dictionary. And you're like, I was just talking about his hockey game. Connor knows everything <laughs> about everything. So, you know, it's, that that's who he is, love him to death. But yeah, he's he's he is a walking dictionary. Perfect. Now I have a question. Now this may only apply to me and you because we're both one nine guys. Happy birthday, two days late, by the way. Happy oh, birthday. happy birthday. Thank you. Who is the coolest person born now on our shared birthday? Is it Jimmy Page versus The Field? Was Jimmy Page born on January 9th? So here's, some, here's a list of dignitaries that are on our birthday. Bart okay. Starr, Bob Denver, Gilligan, Dick oh. Enberg. Okay. Pretty cool there. Um, J.K. Simmons, the fabulous actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Imelda Staunton, who plays the Queen now in The Crown, season five. The, the last version of The Queen. Yes. Um, Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth. Who is no longer with us. Right. Like Dave, the Queen. Dave Matthews, trade I'd make. I mean, no mm. um, Chad Ocho Cinco. Oh, God. Catherine, Princess of Wales. Oh, that's pretty good one. And uh, there was one other one who I lost off my list, but... Oh, uh, Zeke Naji from the Nuggets. Okay. okay. So who's the coolest well, person? It's Jimmy Page versus the field, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it all depends on your taste in music, but I would I would argue that anybody that is born on that day or at least a Capricorn, and I don't know if you're like this, but I'm an absolute nutbag. Like, there's not a whole lot going right up in my head. So I think Capricorns in general are just weird. Um, and I put myself in that category. Um, I would say Jimmy Page or Dave Matthews. I know there may not be a lot of a lot of people. Most hate Dave Matthews. If you even play one song, he wants to drive his car into a bridge embankment. But it's it's I guess it's a taste in music. But anything. Here's the thing that sucks about being born in January. Because my wife bought me a couple presents. I don't even want to open presents. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of the Christmas and then the, you know, it's 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 a. It's a it's cold. It sucks outside. Everyone's tired of the the holidays. You're coming off your dry January or whatever you're doing. It's just, you know, and then I'm, you know, I'm in my 50s now. You're, I mean, you're probably a young buck, so it, you probably still like having birthdays. Uh, 41. Yeah, he's 41. Uh, Hadaway on our birthday as well. My problem is it's 15 days. How could days. you live out Hadaway? When is that the first it, one you say? Yeah. It's 15 days past. It's one paycheck past Christmas. That's yeah, well, I, it, people are broke and and sick of eggnog and all that sort of stuff. So January 9th, there's just like let, let's just get this yeah. for a thousand. You go out to dinner, can't, don't have money. I had to Christmas, like great. This right, yeah. right. And then you have mine, which is the day after Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. which oh you know, yeah, boys that's yeah. the best holiday yeah. of the year. Yeah, most important one. So it's uh, yeah we. Around my place, try to roll it all into one yeah. little, little thing. And as anyway. a Capricorn, yeah. I am also kind of a lunatic. There are things that I say that I shouldn't. Yes, or that's true. There are things that come out of my mouth that we find out at the exact same time what I say. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's one of those for sure every day. Well, Kyle, happy belated birthday, sir. Thanks. I appreciate it, guys. I'm. Uh, this is always the these, – these are the dog days of hockey right here, January and February. This is like – july baseball early august baseball where if you're in it you grind if you're out of it you just you 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 going to work sucks so the abs right now you know 
top three team in the in the National Hockey League. Winnipeg, there. I don't know what's going on there, but this is a team that I think, as the trade line approaches, they add a few pieces. They could be there in uh, early parts of June. Cal, we appreciate the time. Ton of fun. Thank you, you so much for coming on today. You bet, boys. Have a great day. Right, you too. Take care. There's uh, Cal Keefe, Altitude TV, studio host yeah. for uh, yeah. the Avalanche. Oh, I left off Sean Paul, the rapper. Yeah, I think you're okay. <laughs> but Hadaway, though. Hadaway. Hadaway. Muggsy Bogues. I, um, here. I don't hate Dave Matthews like Mosier does. I like some Dave Matthews stuff. Jimmy Page. Uh, that's, that's just greatness right there. One of the all-time... Yeah, he's a, he's a guitar god. It's Jimmy Page versus the field, yeah. I think. And I think I'm probably going to take Jimmy Page. Mm-hmm. Even with and J.K. Simmons, who is fantastic, phenomenal. Radic Balk, the old uh, Czech oh, yeah. player. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's his birthday And uh, I've, I've had the, the... Sergio Garcia, the golfer. Mm-hmm. Do you know Sergio? Yep. Stop waggling. Yep. Stop it. Uh, Jimmy Page, when we went to London, that was the, that was the nice thing. On that rock and roll tour we went on. Mm-hmm. We went to his house. I don't know if I, 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 I know I mentioned this before, where they said like the week before they they the tour group saw him packing his groceries. He had little bags. Oh, nice! Packing his groceries into his very eerie kind of looking stone McMansion that he has in in London. Eighty years old, Jimmy Page. Eighty years old. Yep. All right, nine forty three. Uh, we're we're running behind here, but we'll try to. Make up some ground with Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, so we'll start out with first down. Nick Saban, who announced his retirement yesterday, might not be entirely retired, maybe from coaching, but not entirely from from doing something. According to front office sports, there's uh, words circulating around that... Don't be surprised to see Nick Saban on college game day. Yeah, he's been their top target for a while. And that um, with Lee Corso's health not being great, that Saban could end up being the successor to uh, to Lee Corso, which not, not going to have the same love and affection that all of us do for Lee Corso, but could be the replacement for him. Uh, let's see. Also, second down. A local Oregon news anchor was talking about, uh, of course, the retirement of one Nick Saban yesterday, that um, there's a possibility that Dan Lanning could be the replacement. Now, Brandon Cameron is uh, he's an evening news anchor at KVLA in Eugene, Oregon. And apparently he uh, broke a story that Dan Lanning was already in Tuscaloosa to interview for Saban's job. He said, I previously worked in Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I do have some sources there that confirm that Lanning is, is in Tuscaloosa. So there's some people questioning whether that's true or not, but at least he said that, that Lanning was there. And Lanning was on the staff at Alabama at one point. I believe that is correct. All right, third and fourth down. Fourth, uh, third down. Don't jump to fourth down just yet. Third down. The top three teams in NCAA men's basketball all lost this week with Kansas going down last night, 65-60 at UCF. Number one, Purdue losing at Nebraska. Number two, Houston losing at Iowa State. Number three, Kansas losing at UCF. I just found that very interesting. The top three teams that is all interesting. go down 
within 36 hours of each other. And we move on to fourth down, and we go to the files of extreme lack of self-awareness. Because Nick Saban's retiring. His Aflac cohort, Coach Prime, put this on X yesterday. Wow. College football just lost the GOAT to retirement. Wow. I knew it would happen one day soon, but not this soon. The game has changed so much that it chased the GOAT away. College football, let's hold up our ears and say honestly what you see. He is the poster boy of all this new NIL yes. transfer portal. <laughs> oh, my. The changes to the game have chased away. You're leading the charge. You're leading the charge, dude. You're embracing it. You're wrapping your arms around it. What a lack of self-awareness yeah. by Coach Prime. Again, probably the most consistent part of his game is as a head in- coach is his lack of awareness about yeah. himself. All right. So that's Fort Ann Territory. Time for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1970, the AFL wins its second straight Super Bowl as Kansas City beats the Vikings 23-7 behind Lynn Dawson's suburb quarterbacking and Jan Stenerud's three field goals. 1973, the American League on this day adopted the designated hitter rule. 1981, Jim Plunkett leads the Raiders to a 34-27 win over the Chargers for the AFC title. The Raiders, the first AFC wildcard team to advance to the Super Bowl. 1984, the Nuggets beat the Spurs 163-155 to in the then highest scoring regulation length game in NBA history. And finally, sore spot for you, but I have to bring it up. 1987, Denver's John Elway leads the Broncos to a 23 to 20 overtime win over the Browns to win the AFC Championship. LA Caps, a dramatic, incredible 15 play, 98 yard march with a five yard touchdown pass to Mark Jackson to tie the game with 37 seconds remaining. Rich Carlos drills a 33 yard field goal in overtime to give Denver the win. There's no way the anybody drive. on the Browns defense actually bet on the Browns that day. It's 947, and we'll wrap it up with some garbage time. That's next. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 951. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Let's get some text very quickly this morning. Uh, let's see. From Mountain Dave, nearly every team I've ever coached needed a Wilson, especially when we had a tough game on the road. Uh, I think meaning Wilson Sigmund. Yeah. We were talking about a guy that just keeps things loose. And, of course, Wilson plays for Fruital Monument. Mm-hmm. Uh, these kids can pull the plug on the tension and get a team back to normal. I once had a kid show up for the team meal with a Friar Tuck haircut. It broke Ooh. the tension, and we showed up with it in place for the game. We were, again, loose and played well. Keep up the good work, Mr. Wilson. Guru Gary, correct Bill is Bill Belichick, 71. He'll be mm-hmm. 72 in April, though, so we should keep that in mind. He is almost 72. Correct. But uh, this is from the guru. Bill is 71. I'm not sure if he really would want to start over somewhere else. Unless a boatload of money in full control, my guess is he'll retire. From Robert, what a sad sight would be to see Coach Belichick crawling towards 16 more wins. He may need three more seasons to reach it. Another sad scene watching a then 75-year-old Belichick standing in a snowstorm, groveling for a record that Coach Shula would not want him to have. Anyone but Belichick, Coach Shula would say. 
Do we know that, that that's how Don Shula would feel? I don't. I don't know. I'm feel willing that to bet the seventy-two Dolphins take after their coach and relish when everybody probably, else loses. Probably so. We don't know, but we don't know that for right. certain, though. Like somebody younger than them dies, and the seventy-two Dolphins are like popping their champagne corks, like <laughs> beat you. Uh, Dylan, some his own thoughts about California. We're talking mm-hmm. about the the plan to uh, the state legislature to ban uh, tackle football for kids under twelve. Uh, it should be a parent's decision. Kids, kids need to learn how to fall and take contact consistently if they want to play long term. That was about our earlier yeah. question to you as a pile about the state of California with their plan to ban tackle football under 12. He's right, though. What a what a wild place. <laughs> See, Stephen, Washington fan, and we do not need Belichick. Big dumb khaki pants, though, maybe. Be on board for that. Hey, one videotape and cheater to another. All right, let's uh, open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right, do you have anything here? Uh, I haven't dug into it yet, but also announcing has a headline. The nine wildest quotes from Stephen A. Smith's 40-minute Jason Whitlock rant. I don't even know what's included in that. It sounds absolutely nuts. It just sounds bonkers. I don't know if it was a rant directed at Whitlock or with Whit. I'm not even sure. I'm a, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it an anti-Jason Whitlock diet? Don't even know. Just saw the headline. I'm like, hmm. Oh, well, it's not with Jason Whitlock. Here's the subhead. But I mean it from my soul when I say this is the worst human being I've ever known. I don't know of another human being worse than Jason Whitlock. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, it pretty much... There's no wiggle room there, is there? Pretty much sums it up, I think. Also, uh, Tiger Woods was on the Foreplay podcast. And um, so on this podcast, though, they had an impromptu driving contest. Tiger Tiger Woods drove a ball from his knees... Even with all the... It was a top flight ball, wasn't it yeah. now? Because it's not a Nike anymore. Uh, no, it can't be a Nike anymore. But that's uh, incredible that he was driving the golf ball off his knees. Nuts. Nuts. That guy's pretty good. Now, he's he's still pretty good. And that's our show for today. I'll be back uh, with you tomorrow. Cake will be in uh, with me as well in tomorrow's program. Ryan Harris, former Bronco, Westwood One uh, broadcaster, will help us break down the playoffs.